Welcome to the Anyone for Seconds podcast, where once again, I'm late to the party. It's me, your sometimes host, Matt. This time on Late to the Party, I have finally embraced the UAC and bowed down to our demon overlords. That's right, I'm discussing the highly anticipated sequel to Doom 2016, Doom Eternal. Hell's armies have invaded Earth, become the Slayer in an epic campaign to conquer demons across dimensions and stop the final destruction of humanity. The only thing they fear is you. This is Dr. Elena Richardson, log entry 005, subject analysis of Doomslayer, February 2nd, 2163. Maybe he is a god. Maybe he represents humankind's rage. Their will to persevere, to overcome that which would threaten our survival. He is uncompromising, a relentless being of violence that knows no mention of the hesitation shown by our many leaders and politicians during our time of judgment. Can he overcome them alone? If he can't, we as a species, all species, will not survive. From the moment I completed the campaign on Doom 2016, I was craving more. How can it be over so soon? I've only invested several weeks of my life into this game, replaying every level multiple times to squeeze every little bit of gameplay from this beast. The fanbase knew that a sequel would happen. Would we have another long wait? The gap between Doom 3 and Doom 2016 was 11 years after all. Ignoring the sheer number of ports and repackages, of all of the earlier games released in the intervening years. But 11 years is a long time. Anything could happen, but only one certainty. I'll add more Platinums to my trophy case. Fortunately, the teaser dropped in 2019 and my fears were allayed. Oh Lord, does this look good. Even more visceral, it's everything I could possibly want in a game. Time passed and the game dropped in March 2020. What a month to drop in. Not only did the UK eventually decide to start its first national lockdown, yep, the first of many, but there was an onslaught of video game releases. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team, what a long fucking title by the way. Borderlands 3, Half-Life Alex, Persona 5 Royale, and of course, Doom Eternal. Not forgetting to mention Animal Crossing New Horizons, which dropped on the exact same day as Doom Eternal. Naturally, the internet got wind of this and went into full-on awesome mode. To which I believe the pinnacle to be Doom Crossing Eternal Horizons. Highly recommend checking out the full thing on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. I know what you're thinking. This is a late to the party episode. What happened and why did I not descend into Doom Eternal back in March 2020? Well, the thing is, I was saving myself. On April 3rd, 2020, the Resident Evil 3 remake dropped. 
Now, I wanted to ensure that I was fresh for Nemesis. Stars. I was not going to give that fucker an easy time of it, so I spent the month leading up to it preparing myself. We won't be going into RE3 here, other than to say, Nightmare and Hell difficulties, unlocked by beating the game on Hardcore, are the absolute best way to experience that game. And that was an intense week. Can anyone guess what happened next? That's right, absolutely nothing. Doom Eternal remained on my mind, but I didn't pull the trigger. I'm going to blame the insane weather the UK experienced last year as affecting my judgement. By the time I had managed to recover enough logical thought, Last of Us Part 2 dropped. Another intense week followed. Oh, and I'm Team Abby. Come at me. Fast forward then to the tech craziness and Attack of the Scalpers. PS5, Xbox Series, Nvidia RTX, AMD RX, and AMD Ryzen. What the fuck happened? Bastards happened, that's what. Christmas comes and goes. Spider-Man Mars Morales. And then I experience a birthday. And in a callback to my Doom 2016 episode, late to the party episode 3, my mum gifted me Doom Eternal for the PS4. Ah uh, yes, even my mum knew I was missing out on some Doom Eternal. So now, we can finally discuss this beast of a game. Elena Richardson, log entry 006, February 9th, 2163. The only thing they fear is him. We watched as the Horde overwhelmed the very best and most advanced machinery and weapons technology that we could muster against the opposition. It was useless. They moved too quickly. They cared not for themselves, only sought out the blood of humanity. They were willing to sacrifice their own to get to the heart of our world. We slaughtered thousands and millions more followed. But then he came. He cut through them like, like a sickle through a field. His fury surpassing their own. He is faster, more relentless. I believe him now to be more than just a man. He is doom. Let's talk about the gameplay, or should I say, gore play. Puns. I use them. The control scheme and mechanics of this title build upon its predecessor. You once again start massively under-equipped, like the previous entry, being the shitty pistol. This time you start with a shotgun. Enough said. The weapons are all more or less variations upon the previous game, with two notable exceptions, which we will come back to later. As with the previous title, you can equip two attachments per weapon to modify its damage and its firing style. Sadly, we no longer punch a hovering robot with a face on it to steal the attachments. These are actually now deployed by scouts marked with the Vega logo. Shame we couldn't have started with some of this hardware. This is going on your appraisal, Vega. Glory kills are back. When near a stunned enemy, handily flashing orange and blue, you can melee attack, which inevitably mutilates the offending demon, triggering health pickups. I love that. Killing feeds the Doom Slayer's rage. He doesn't need health packs like a mere mortal, 
or hiding behind cover to regenerate health. This time, rather than ripping the enemies limb from limb, the Doomslayer uses a sword attachment from his gauntlet to slice and dice his stunned foes. Think Baraka from Mortal Kombat, but without the need for a visit to the dentist. Another new addition is that of the flamethrower, which in a callback to Predator, is shoulder mounted. This can only be used periodically and has a cooldown period. Ha! Puns! Told you I had them. This not only sets the enemies on fire causing constant damage, but also triggers armour drops. Nice. Okay, so far so good. Guess what? The Doomsayer can also now dash, as if he wasn't quick enough already. Mostly this is used for solving platforming-esque puzzles to jump between the air and dash before performing another jump. Later in the game you can even double dash, which I really don't like as you only tend to use it in puzzles and more platforming. And let's face it, I don't play Doom for platforming, and besides, it gives me PTSD flashbacks to Doom Nukem forever. Are you with me so far? Good! Now let's talk upgrades. We've discussed weapon attachments, but to upgrade the weapons themselves, you still have to complete weapon related challenges to achieve mastery. You do this by collecting weapon points, thankfully, just by killing lots and lots of enemies. So to get actual mastery you then have to kill a specific type of demon in a specific method. Or just wait until later in the game where you can collect a mastery token and skip all of these challenges, mastering the weapon outright. Do you recall in Doom that the ammo and health upgrades came from absorbing Argent energy which made perfect sense as the Doom Slayer was drawing energy from the Hell Dimension to then channel that energy against the demons? Well now you collect something called Sentinel Crystals. Yep, that's a mythology thing. A few of these are in plain sight but most of these are hidden and even some of them are locked away behind doors which require even more collectibles to access. Wait, a collectible behind a collectible? That's tedious. This leads me to the biggest change from Doom 2016. There is now a hub world known as the Doom Fortress. Okay, cool name. This looks like a mini floating city comes spaceship hybrid floating around the Earth's orbit. It has an interesting theme of old worldy church with lots of spirally stone staircases and corridors to roam. One of which leads you to a storage room where you need the before mentioned collectible, which are sodding batteries, to open force filled doors to get the extra sentinel crystals to upgrade. Since when does inserting a battery disable a force field rather than activate it? Well that's all well and good, but wait there's more! You also collect emblems from shadowy ghost figures which I'm led to believe are fellow slayers long since dead, though they don't appear to be as badass as the Doomslayer. They look very Knights Templar in their styling. When you take the emblem from them they kneel and vanish. Well, what do you use the emblems for? Well, you now use the emblems to upgrade abilities such as the number of grenades you can carry, flame flow crawl down, and stuff of a similar nature. My lord does this game have a fuck ton of collectibles to collect. But wait, there's even more! Also in select levels you have to collect a hidden key to access a slayer gate, which then essentially opens up a mini horde mode. Beating all of the slayer gates unlocks a secret weapon upgrade, but we'll come to that in a moment. So that is a freakish amount of collectibles excluding all of the glowing ammo pickups in the levels, which I hate. Why does the ammo have to be bright and colourful and very video gamey, whereas in the previous title that was not the case. Do not like this alteration. As you can tell, I like the game, but I also despise some of the changes brought in. The biggest change I hate is to do with the story. Oh no, not the story! 
In the previous game, you actively ignore all of the lore and direction given to you and just pursue the final target to shut down the Hellgate, before ultimately being tricked by Samuel Hayden, being the wanker that he is, and getting kicked into the Hell Realm with a backup of the Vegas strapped to your battle armor. This game starts about six months later, thereby skipping over the entire method of your escape from Hell and how you got to Earth, which, by the way, is completely overrun and is now more or less a mirror image of Hell itself. What the fuck? Why the time jump? Why skip all of that goodness? I don't understand it. There is some explanation via text logs, but I was not impressed. Why do I want to read about it when I can do it myself? This is a video game, not a novelization. Anyway, the fast forward happens, and the Doomslayer and Vega now have this fortress spaceship, which they got from I don't fucking know where. It appears to be alien in origin and has nothing to do with us. Wait, what? Aliens? And demons? The game then at every chance keeps forcing lore down your front about alien worlds, species and blah 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 blah. Ultimately culminating in explaining away the Doomslayer's origins. Well fuck, I do not want this. The whole reason Doomslayer is so cool is that very little is known about him. My imagination and that of other fans is always going to be far greater than whatever reasons is put forward as canon. Ignoring all of these issues, I do still enjoy the game. As all said and done, it is Doom. The game does have some really cool action sequences. My favourite being when you visit a space station on the moon of Mars. Whilst the space station has been bombarded by demon attacks, the Doomslayer appears and is casually strolling through. All of the crew are falling over themselves as this guy is a walking legend. Though, the game takes some time to explain that he's never really seen or reported on. He doesn't actively work with the humans. His mythos is built up by his appearances and a massive reduction in demon forces wherever his appearances occur, building up his legend. I quite like this to be fair. There's even a brilliant moment when two guards are chatting shit and Doomslayer walks up to them, snatches the assault rifle off one of them and pushes past into a contaminated area, you know, to kill everything that moves. This level culminates in the best part of the game, ripping a BFG out of a planet-sized cannon to carry around. Because, you know, I'm the Doomslayer. Before firing himself out of the cannon into the core of Mars. Because, you know, spaceships are overrated. That total sequence itself made up for the, all of my grievances around the collectibles. The other weapon I alluded to earlier? Guess what? It's a sword. It's not just any sword, it's the Crucible Sword. The sword is powered by some mythological bullshit on the Sentinel homeworld, and it's the only thing that can kill something known as the Icon of Sin, which essentially is a massive demon the size of a skyscraper. No worries, I got this. The only downside, however, is the sword requires energy, and you can only carry free energy for it at any given time. What sort of sword requires energy? A stupid fucking sword is what? And you know what that means? Yep, more fucking collectibles. Ugh. Speaking of frustration, the enemies. Pretty much all of the demons from Doom make a comeback with a couple of new additions. The first, reminding me of a demon angel hybrid creature from Bayonetta, isn't too much of a problem. A single headshot from the assault rifle scope takes it down, plus it drops a shitload of ammo. Another new demon looks to be the big brother of a caca demon, again, not too much of a problem. The enemy that ruins the game for me are the Marauders. What the fuck? 
these things are supposedly fallen slayers that can dash, use a shotgun and have an energy shield and generally they just fuck you up. You can only damage them in split seconds before they attack which means lots of counter attacking. I fucking hate this, especially when everything in this game moves so bloody quick. After repeated deaths I resort to killing everything in the area I was in before swapping to the super shotgun, standing still and tanking hits from the marauder to eventually counter attack it enough to kill it. These fucking things take so many super shotgun blasts, even on standard difficulty. I dare say on nightmare, well, I'll probably just delete the game and never speak of it again. Fuck marauders. This is Dr. Elena Richardson, log entry 007, March 3rd, 2163. And with him lies our salvation. For as he gains in strength, so do they fall in numbers. The priests command the armies to the north and south, but he controls the fight. The inner circle of death is where he resides, hunting them at the far reaches of the earth and beyond. I am a believer now. I feel it is in doom that I have faith. The slayer is the spear that stabs at the heart of our attackers, and those that would seek to harm us should feel warned. For there is only one dominant life form in this universe, and it carries a steel-barreled sword of vengeance. All hail the coming of the Destroyer. The Slayer's time is now. Let's move on and talk about some reviews and scores. Doom Eternal on the PS4 has a Metacritic score of 87, an improvement of 3 points over its predecessor. Yes, I'm discussing the PS4 version because I'm a console fanboy, not the PC version, though I must say, the PS4 version runs so smooth. It's amazing what you can do with three or four years of experience with a piece of technology. To mix it up a bit, I'm going to read you a positive review and then a negative review so you can draw your own conclusions. The review website known as The Sixth Axis actually gave this game a perfect score, stating, Doom Eternal doesn't just set the bar, it breaks it. Many of the best games of the FPS genre do what exactly has been done before and can do it really well, really, really well, but Doom Eternal does what no other game has done before, crafting a fast-paced power fantasy that sets your brain cells on fire. It's an addictive exploration of the mythic Doomslayer character that delivers hours of blood-drenched fun, dozens of memorable collectibles and a fan-pleasing story bookended with gorgeous worlds and unforgettable music. Doom Eternal is a ripping, tearing masterpiece. Let's contrast that with the website known as Game Critics that scored this game 60 out of 100. The Doom I Loved is here somewhere, but it's buried under excess, like a perfectly seasoned meal that's had a mound of salt dumped onto it. Perhaps any sequel to 2016's extraordinary reboot was bound to disappoint, but this is one of those rare times where more of the same would have been the preferred option. I'd have taken the safe route over Eternal's messy brand of overcompensation any day. Ultimately, my final opinion falls somewhere between the two. There's not too much more I can really say about this game other than it's fucking Doom, of course I like it. I just wish it was slightly closer to Doom 2016. Do you agree? Disagree? Why not let us know? Head over onto Twitter at anyone podcast to keep the conversation going. 
We're also on Facebook, simply search for Anyone for Seconds Podcast. Longer considerations and rambles can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Hell, you can even see us stream at twitch.tv forward slash anyonepodcast. Please don't forget to leave us a like, rate or review on your podcast platform of choice, as it helps us grow the podcast and reach a larger audience. This time, of course I'm going to leave you with more Doom music. <laughs> <laughs>